You're listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast on the 5x5 Network. You're listening to episode 326 and I'm your host, Brittany Martin. Back by popular demand, yes, that's right, Brian is back for the third time. As a reminder, Brian Mariani is the founder of Near Replacement, a Ruby on Rails-focused recruiting firm based in Boston, Massachusetts. Since 2006, Brian has been connecting Rails engineers with Rails startups across the country. He thoroughly enjoys being a part of the Rails community and helping foster the growth, camaraderie, and mentorship the community is known for. Welcome back to the show, Brian. Well, thanks for having me back on. It is uh, great to be here, as always. I'm looking forward to having a very honest conversation with you. So let's start with a really complicated question. How are you doing? Uh, I'm uh, doing great, doing great. I've, uh, gosh, I've never been on more walks in my life these days with my wife. Um, but we, I, I would say we have successfully figured out how to uh, discuss everything going on in our life over the course of about three miles, which is about 45 minutes by you know the pace that we walk at. And uh, it's been good. And you know, I will say, you know, given the times, um, you know, more than anything else, I, I think when I'm asked that question, it, it comes down to, you know, are the, the people that are, you know, close to me and that, um, you know, I care for and love, are they safe? And the answer is yes. I'm very thankful to say that, although I did have a little bit of a scare, non-COVID related, but um, my parents uh, back in mid-May, on my birthday, believe it or not, had an interesting little thing happen where... My mom, um, and I'm sure she, she loves your podcast, so she, she wouldn't mind me sharing this. Um, she, uh, she actually had to get admitted to the hospital for, again, non-COVID-related emergency. But and, and luckily, she's all fine now, and uh, so is my dad, as you'll find out. But uh, she, she goes in, and um, my dad, my brother, and I, you know, we go to the hospital. She has to get admitted. Um, once we found out she was stable, you know, we had to go home. We couldn't go in the hospital because of all the... Uh, COVID rules. So that was really tough on my dad. And you know, we all had to go our separate ways that night. My dad spends probably his first night alone in about 47 years of marriage uh, away from my mom. And then, uh, you know, the next morning I get a call and he says, I'm not feeling well. And and, and I'm like, what the heck? And so I'm like, what happened? Like I, I, at this point, my head was racing. I didn't know what was going on with my folks. And so I said, I'll be right over. And I, I live about 20, 25 minutes away from where I grew up. And I, I said, um, yeah, let's go to the doctor. So I take my dad to the doctor. Um, he gets checked. He get, and uh, the CAT scan comes back that he has appendicitis. And so they said, you have to get this out tonight. So I said, all right. My brother and I said, we're taking you to the same hospital where mom's at. And we have to admit him. And we get in there. And... Um, you know, he's, he's gets settled. He's on his way. My brother and I are out in the parking lot and, uh, we have to update my mom. So we tell my mom what's going on. And she's like, Oh my God, he's here. Uh, and she, you know, was concerned for him. And uh, at the same moment she notices her roommate is being discharged. And she says, uh, to the nurse, she makes a request. She says, my husband's being admitted. Is there any way after surgery, he can be my roommate. I kid you not. Uh, the hospital made it happen. So my parents are in the same hospital in the midst, midst of the pandemic. Uh, they get in the same room together, and um, it, it was it was like a surreal moment. Luckily, they both turned out just fine. Everything you know went well. Um, 
and and I kid you not, it was their wedding anniversary. And we <laughs> we told my dad, we said, they wouldn't let you in the doors when you were healthy, so you definitely gave yourself appendicitis so you could get in and see mom. And he, he laughed about that, and he still does to this day. Now he tells that story, of course. And um, yeah, I guess the lesson there is that love finds a way, right? I absolutely love the story. I can absolutely see it being made into a Hallmark movie. At this that, point. That, that's what it. That's what it felt like, and they uh, they enjoy telling it now. We have a couple like great photos um, from inside the hospital. Some of the doctors, you know, as my brother and I were talking um, to the doctors about their prognosis and whatnot, um, the doctors were like, "Yeah, we've actually never seen this. Like, we've never had a husband and wife at the same." time in the same room like it just it was really nice that they made that exception and they they got excellent care where they were so yeah we're very thankful all, all is good and back to normal now i love that well i'm glad that we could start the episode on such a high note um but i definitely want to dive into what you live and breathe brian so how has the technical recruitment industry changed since covid19 yeah well you know looking at it i guess simplistically from like a business perspective there there are a lot more talented engineers available and kind of on the market right now than probably at any time since I've been recruiting, since probably the Great Recession back in 2008. Um, and there are fewer companies hiring right now, although that has changed. And I'm very happy to say, I'd say in the past, gosh, so in the past four months, as you can imagine, I did not have many you know, new client calls at all, uh, literally zero for like a three month period. But uh, in the past like three weeks, probably had five or six. Um, and, and I've just noticed a, a, a definite uptick. Um, so those companies that have been hiring all the way through and, and even some of the new ones now, they're definitely taking uh, an aggressive approach. But you know, I'd say taking a step back from the numbers, I think the biggest change right now is that you know, while we're all in this together with the coronavirus going on, I, I think everyone, what I'm noticing is everyone's going through something slightly different. You know, I, of course, I'm talking to developers still all day, every day. You know, that hasn't changed. And learning about their goals, challenges, and, and helping where I can to address them, it's what I really love about this vocation. Um, but I'd say today, more than ever, I've witnessed how everyone's, again, just dealing with something. They're, they're worried about their job. They're worried about their spouse's job, um, you know, their own health, their kids' health, parents, um, you know, the ability to work remote. You know whether they can do that or not. Um, it, a lot is in flux. You know, schools, daycare, uh, there's so much race, politics. Uh, this I, I hear all of these things from all the different developers. Um, and uh, you know, if there's a subtle shift that I'd say I, I've been perceiving, especially lately, um, and really since uh, the 14 years I've been doing this, is that uh, you know, despite all the calamity that's going on in the world right now, people are really genuinely. Um, you know, concern for one another, and, and they, they want what's best for each other. And, uh, you know, even if it's someone they don't know or they just met, um, again, I, you know, I'm on the front lines of it, and I just feel like these interactions uh, where I'm connecting people with companies, you know, companies and these, the candidates and companies have never met themselves before, but, you know, I'm all, all, always sort of shepherding these new relationships and trying to start them. And I just feel like now more than ever, People are so genuinely kind and supportive, supportive, you know, of one another, um, and they're comfortable having authentic conversations, just like we're having here, and and that's been really refreshing about everything. Like I'll, I'll depending on where someone lives, I'll talk to them about, you know, if they're in Florida or Texas or something like that, like one of these hot spots right now. Like I talk to them about what life's like there and how sort of the lockdown has treated them, and all these things come up, 
Um, but what I'm noticing is that you know people are just very comfortable expressing empathy and support for each other. And I, I do wonder if part of that is really due to the pandemic itself. I, I just feel like humans are social creatures and you know, more than anything else, they're loving creatures. And I, I really mean that. And I sense that. I always say, I've told my wife this, I said, if, if you put two hungry humans who have never met and don't speak the same language into the same room with a pizza, they're going to share the pizza. You know, one of them's not going to take the whole thing. It's just our, our human nature to be like that. And it's been very gratifying, I'd say, to kind of see that notion reflected with the developers and the companies over the past four months. Yeah, I'm going to second that because I see the developers going onto Twitter and revealing the news that they've been laid off. And I just see so many people stepping up and offering assistance and really supporting one another because they realize, you know, some of these developers just never expected to be laid off or just, I mean, who could have predicted what 2020 was going to look like? And so I just feel that people have been incredibly empathetic and compassionate to help one another. But I've also seen a shift as well where I'm starting to see my peers realize that they thought remote work was not for them. And now that they've kind of been forced into it, they've actually discovered that they really vibe with it. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh, totally. That, that's been really interesting. I would say uh, both amongst companies uh, that that we work with who've always allowed remote and with companies that are sort of newly embracing it because of COVID. Um, you know, I'd say like one of the trickiest parts um, of, of hiring remote developers for the first time is um, sort of the lack of experience facilitating and um, you know, managing you know, that remote culture. Um, and, and for others, you know, they've been uh, doing it for a while and they're very used to it. Um, but developers themselves, I, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, many have always asked me for remote jobs and I do my best uh, to, to find them and more are certainly popping up. But yeah, those who haven't done it before are realizing like, I can totally do this. And I think it's been even more surprising from a company standpoint where um, a, a lot of companies who had been telling me sort of, yeah, we're just going to pause and sit back and see what happens. Uh, they're saying, yeah, everyone's actually being very productive and efficient remotely. And um, yeah, it's, I, I would agree. It's, it's been kind of eye-opening for a lot of people that, yeah, we can do this. It's not, it's not that big a deal as we maybe thought it would be. We're starting to see that at the enterprise level where I think Facebook made the announcement that they were going to start hiring a lot more remotely. Mm -hmm. I think what we're waiting to see is an industry as to whether or not they're going to continue to pay all the engineers the same or if they're going to start scaling based on where the people are located in the country. And so once that pans out, it'll be super interesting to see. Yes. Yes. No, I, I couldn't agree more. Yep. So we were recording this on July 10th, and unfortunately, the United States is going through another spike of the pandemic. We've, we've gone back up in number of cases. We have now, I think, broken a record for new cases every day for the last five days. So, you know, let's be real with it, Brian. Do you expect to see a different pattern now that we're spiking again? Yeah, yeah I think COVID is continuing to accelerate many of the uh, changes that were already underway with remote engineering being one of them for sure. Um, but regardless of how COVID spreads, and it, it really has been heartbreaking to see some of the surges in various parts of the country, um, I, I do believe that remote first engineering is here to stay and uh, more likely to become the norm than the exception, honestly. Um, and I also know that inside our Rails community, the startups 
have been very understanding of different situations and challenges developers are facing uh, during this time. Um, you know, I would say for everyone listening here, I, I think you can feel great comfort that, and I know we touched on a little bit earlier, that you know, I've witnessed a great degree of care from the companies as well in terms of just being sensitive to developer needs. Um, you know, if, if an engineer needs to take extra time to complete a coding exercise because maybe they're dealing with child care issues that they wouldn't normally have had to deal with or um, just being understanding that, you know, the interview had to be rescheduled last minute. Uh, some of those things could literally have counted you out. Like uh, they may have closed the book on you before if you had to reschedule an interview last minute. But uh, things like that just aren't, uh, it's just not the same now. I think people are just, there's, there's a, a longer leash. They understand that things happen, things are coming up. It's not, not you know, the normal that we've all been accustomed to. So it, that's been, it's been a good thing to see. So how about you personally and for your company? Was moving all of Mirror Online difficult on short notice? We were pretty fortunate uh, in that, you know, we certainly had some time to plan for this and uh, it really has gone as well as can be expected. Uh, I would say I definitely miss seeing my colleagues in person. I do like that social aspect of being in the office, uh, but we've accomplished a lot over Zoom and, um, you know, even some of the in-office traditions, uh, one of the, I think one of the fun things, I can't remember if I talked about this last time, but one of the fun things that I always like every Friday, uh, we, we used to have something called Awesome Lunch Friday, where we'd all gather as a uh, company and share a meal together. And it's just, it was really fun social time. I always loved it. Uh, we do, you know, some, some takeout from somewhere fun. And uh, now it's called Lunch and Learn Fridays, where we're all doing it over Zoom. But it's really cool because one of us leads uh, like a session or uh, on a certain topic that week. They've ranged from like photography to droning um, to Raspberry Pi and best refactoring practices. I remember um, there's actually one going on right now on machine learning, uh, but uh, we record them all. So I'm going to watch that one later, but it's usually uh, at, at noon every Friday. So yeah, little things like that. And it, we've been able to make it work pretty well, thankfully. That's fantastic. And now I want to have an awesome lunch Friday. So. Yeah, we call it ALF. So yeah, anytime. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, I definitely have more questions for you, but we're going to take a quick break from our sponsor, Raygun. Raygun gives you a window into how users are really experiencing your software applications. Raygun is thrilled to launch the next chapter in their ongoing support for application performance monitoring, Ruby support for Raygun APM. Don't wait for users to report problems. Raygun gives you complete visibility on errors, crashes, and performance problems affecting your end users. They have end-to-end -end monitoring with features like detailed trace transactions, dashboards, user experience monitoring, and more. Raygun APM offers a seamless integration with Heroku platform via Build Pack, so you can get all the benefits of APM for your Rails app. To start your free 14-day trial, go check it out by visit raygun.com rg ruby apm today. Link will be in the show notes. Thank you as always, Raygun, for sponsoring the show. So Brian, how about from a developer standpoint? Are developers wary of leaving their current roles or do you think that they're ready for a change? Yeah, uh, I would say it's really split here and, and it has been ever since March. Um, there are certainly developers who have the perspective that you know this is a storm and they would rather sort of stay in their port and kind of wait this out and, and I don't necessarily fault them for thinking that at all. Um, but there have been plenty of people who have sort of the opposite perspective in, in thinking, you know, do I want to keep doing what I'm doing or is there something more meaningful for me out there? 
uh, and, and you know they're a little more uh, tolerant of uh, risk or change. Um, and to tell you the truth, it really hasn't been that risky. You know, my I would say my recommendation um, from what I have seen over the past four months is that you know if you do feel that calling, that is a good time to explore. Uh, the the risk really is not that high. Um, there are fewer companies hiring today, uh, for sure. I remember back in March, literally, I had one day where I received call after call after call, and every client, and they were so nice about it, but they were like, we're pausing, pausing, don't send any candidates, and, and I totally understand. Um, but then we had some core clients that, again, you know, really sort of saw this as an opportunity, um, and that's been, and that was great for them. I just feel like a lot of the sort of um, standby clients that we've had for so long just continued to be unaffected by what was going on. So that was that was good. But even the ones that have come on recently, um, they've got either good funding situations or they're sort of in a good market sector. So it, it really has been relatively safe. It's just really all about sort of, um, you know, appetite for risk. I know it's a little bit of a funny time to be looking for a new job, but we have been helping people all the way through land jobs, you know, almost at a pace of every other week or so. So it's, it's, it's been pretty good. So I have a little bit of a controversial question to ask you. I've heard that a pattern that some companies are doing, they have low performers on staff and really they were looking for a reason to let them go. And so the pandemic has been an excuse to let some of those low performers go which is unfortunate, but it kind of opens up some slots within these companies that weren't terribly affected by the pandemic to bring on new talent. Have you seen any of that? Uh, yes, um, but not a ton. I, I do feel like you know companies have been very loyal. Uh, I would say to you know a lot of their their staff and haven't really had to make cuts un unless they had to. For the most part, the clients that I am working with are really hiring out of a position of growth. Um, so yeah, it, it is interesting to hear you say that. I, I guess I've heard, I've probably heard some developers tell me they've, they were kind of caught in those situations, but um, you know, I guess I've been pretty fortunate, but at least the clients we recruit for have been um, more on the side of, you know, they're kind of keeping their existing team, but um, looking to hire because they just need more help. Uh, of course, I did, we did have some layoffs with some clients, no doubt. Um, but they also weren't trying to refill those seats. Um, it was just, you know, for financial reasons and whatnot. Do you think we'll see any change in salary or benefits once we come out of the pandemic? Uh, yeah, I've been keeping close tabs on this for a little while now, and it's been interesting. Uh, you know, benefits have, you know, always been strong. In fact, I, it's very funny you said that because I had one, one of my new clients recently asked me, they said, um, they said, what do you see for benefits? Like, what's something that turns people's heads? And I said, you know what? I talked about this on the last time I was on the Ruby on Rails podcast. Uh, she, this, the hiring manager, had not listened to it. Um, of course, I, I should probably send her the link. Uh, but she, uh, she mentioned that, and I said, you know what? I talked about this. I talked about pet insurance being something that was uh, like a great perk, and we talked about that. And I think she was advocating to sort of bring that into the fold for their company, which was pretty cool. But um, yeah, I think one thing with salary and benefits, benefits pretty much for the most part, very standard across, you know, our clients, um, you know, all the things you would expect, 401k, healthcare, dental, vision, that sort of thing, equity, typically. Um, but in terms of salary, one thing I've been kind of watching for has been, 
you know, if the move to remote work would also mean there would be some movement up and down uh, according, on, according to cost of living. So depending on where you live might be reflective of the salary you earn. And the good news there is I, I've seen salaries continue to rise, first off, uh, which is kind of heartening for the engineers for sure to hear, um, all the way through too. I, you know, I've seen just very strong offers for developers, uh, but they have not been tied to cost of living. Uh, maybe a little bit, but really not bad. And I thought, you know, the chance to work remotely might force people to take a little bit of a hit. Or if, you know, you live in, you know, inexpensive part of the country, that they would base some of the salary on that. But I thankfully have not seen that. I, I've really found that our clients anyhow at least have really paid according to value and skill and not arbitrarily basing it on you know where you happen to live. Yeah, so I'm gonna completely agree with that. I know several people in the Pittsburgh tech industry, which Pittsburgh is famous for our low cost of living. They have managed to score Silicon Valley salaries by going remote. And that was just not something that they had really considered before, but they were able to pull it off. And you're right, I they, their salaries were not scaled automatically by living in Pittsburgh. Yeah, oh, awesome. That's great to hear. Yeah, no, I've seen the same thing. So yeah, good good news there too, I think. So some companies, you know, obviously took a hit during the pandemic, but there were actually some companies that were winners. Uh, companies that, you know, might have done video conferencing or helped other companies get online. There were definitely some winners. So have you seen any of that happen? And now they're staffing up quickly? Yeah, yeah. At, at the beginning, um, like I said, there was definitely that sense of everyone pausing, uh, you know, kind of waiting to look around, see what would happen, see, let the dust settle. Uh, I, I really do think that phase is over. And it's been like three straight weeks now of just considerable uptick in responses back from companies, um, existing clients saying we need three more engineers, we need two more engineers. Um, so yeah, now you know we're seeing startups kind of separate into two categories, uh, really, I, I would say attacking or retreating. Um, there are startups that recognize this as really kind of like a once in a lifetime opportunity to grow their teams by hiring developers who are seldomly available is probably the best way I would describe it. You know, there's just been a lot of good folks who aren't typically looking for jobs, but maybe they got laid off or just something happened because of COVID that they're out there. Um, so, yeah. Um, but I, I wouldn't necessarily say that, you know, it's necessarily correlated to like any particular industry. I mean, we do have, like one of my best clients is a healthcare client. Uh, they've been thriving throughout, but I've had, I do have another healthcare client that isn't exactly in that same spot. I think it's really tied to, you know, the winners are really tied to leadership, uh, obviously funding, um, but really most of all, I think market adaption, you know, in uh, a big part has been, you know, moving remote if you, if you weren't remote already and, um, you know, that all leads to success. So I, I think that's one thing that's exciting about exploring a new opportunity in this market is that the next generation of winners are easier to spot than ever. I completely agree with you. So I feel like you've been dropping hints throughout the podcast, but I want to ask it in summation. What do you feel are going to be the lasting effects from COVID-19 for the Ruby recruiting industry? Yeah, certainly remote work, for sure. Um, like I said, you know, those who thought that, uh, you know, how, how would we do this if we all had to go remote or suddenly got forced into it? I had a lot of clients, too, that said I'm, uh, a lot of like tech leaders would say like, oh, I'm trying to push management to go remote. They're a little reluctant. It's, you know, suddenly everyone was thrown into it and in realizing for the most part that it works. Um, so I, I would say that is the big thing. 
um, you know, from the perspective of the recruiter, uh, I, I think that, um, you know, it's been a great opportunity to help those who are in need, uh, you know, and there have been a lot the past few months and, and, you know, it's been just a great opportunity for me to grow and build relationships with developers. That's obviously, as you know, my favorite part of the vocation. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I would say those are some of the lasting effects. Um, remote is definitely, it just highlights it to me. I just feel like I've been hearing more and more that companies are going to go this way. And that's like the number one request that, for the past 14 years that I've received is the ability to work remotely. So uh, I, I think it is here to stay and we'll see to what degree. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that it, it really sticks. That's fantastic. Well, for the developers and the companies that have been wowed by your advice during this podcast, uh, how can they reach out to you? Yeah, well, again, thanks as always for having me back on. I, I really do appreciate these appearances, and I and I know I've shared with you, you know, from time to time, I'll send an email. I, I really don't think I go more than a week without hearing from someone who will retroactively go back and even from like a podcast six months ago or something, they'll have heard of an episode and get back in touch. So I really do appreciate it. Um, and you know, to turn it around, we really want to follow the engineers you know, and follow their careers. There's been so many examples of, you know, code schoolers who have graduated into senior roles or, or lead roles. And I love sort of watching that journey. Um, so yeah, no, I, I mean, to, to follow us, if certainly an email is best. Um, I'm always available at my email address, brian at mirrorplacement.com. Uh, also on our website, just the mirror placement website, uh, there are different ways. It's like a live chat. You can get in touch. Um, I think my cell is on there. So there's always ways to get in touch. But yeah, no, I, we I love watching the journey and following the uh, the journeys of all our listeners here. And uh, if anyone feels compelled to get in touch, please do so. You know, I'd love to be a part of uh, anyone's journey out there who either I have spoke to in the past or um, or maybe haven't. And maybe it's you know kind of a new thing for them to get in touch. You know, it doesn't matter where you are in your career. I love having these conversations. I, like I always say, it's it's about the long term. It's about, you know, a career arc, not just, you know, what we can do for you today or tomorrow. So, um, yeah, by all means, if anyone out there would love to get in touch, love to hear from you. That's great. So for any of the developers out there looking for a job, I hope you find your dream job. And for any of the companies that are looking to staff up, I hope you find those developers. Brian, as always, it was a pleasure. Yeah, likewise. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast on the 5x5 network. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded to stay in the loop on Ruby on Rails and open source software. While you're at it, please leave us a review. And thank you for listening.